48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. New Territories West hit by a massive power outage after a fire breaks out at a Yunlong power facility. Maritime Studies academic says he expects the insurer of the Jumbo Floating Restaurant to thoroughly investigate its capsizing and South Korea conducts its first successful launch of a domestically produced space rocket. New Territories West has been hit by a massive power outage after a fire broke out on a CLP transmission bridge in Yunlong. Dozens of people were trapped in lifts and hospitals and train services have been disrupted. Natalie Ching reports. The fire broke out on the power cable bridge at Kwangyip Street just after 7 in the evening. People in Yunlong reported hearing multiple explosions. Videos of the bridge show it bursting into flames and burning fiercely, sending thick smoke into the night sky. Firefighters were quickly on the scene and brought the blaze under control, but not before the bridge had collapsed. The fire services department said it had received dozens of reports from people trapped in lifts and urged members of the public to avoid taking them. Commuters were struck in trains as MTR services between Chunwan West and Chunmun stations briefly ground to a halt, and Tinshou Wai station was temporarily closed. The hospital authorities said medical services at Chunmun, Pok Oi and Tinshirwai hospitals were affected due to an unstable power supply. It said some patients have been transferred to other hospitals. A reporter, Priscilla Ong, lives in the area and was affected by the power outage. So all the electricity basically got cut at around 7.15 uh, tonight. The entire residential complex that I live in uh, has run out of power and also I realized that um, buildings around me in Yunlong South uh, was also cut off. So um, people were quite panicky because nobody had any idea what's going on. And for myself, I've uh, immediately um, booked a hotel so that I can move out because I am, I'm not sure how long it will take for power to resume. And as I drove out of Yunlong, I realized that all the traffic lights and all the road lights have also been um, switched off. So traffic was pretty chaotic as well. CLP has apologized over the incident, saying it is carrying out emergency repairs. It said no one had been injured. The power company said electricity would first be provided to hospitals and railways. Police say they have deployed more officers in the area to maintain order. The force called on residents to stay calm and seek help when necessary. Meanwhile, two community halls in Longping and Tinsoi Wai are being used as temporary shelters for people in need. The Home Affairs Department said it would closely monitor the situation and offer assistance to residents. Maritime Studies Academic says he expects the insurer of the Jumbo Floating Restaurant to thoroughly investigate the vessel's capsizing in the South China Sea. However, Stephen Lee of the Polytechnic University says that whether the government carries out a probe will depend on the vessel's licence and registrations. The restaurant's owner said the vessel hit stormy seas on Saturday while being towed to a storage location. Professor Lee says any attempt to salvage the jumbo will be very costly. They will consider whether the salvaged vessel, they will compare. If the salvage amount is too much, then they, they will, they will not do it because it's not worth to rescue a vessel which you spend too much money on it. I can guess it will be over millions of dollars because of the equipment and manpower that are going to engage. 
Southern District Councillor Jonathan Learn called on the government to preserve the memory of the floating restaurant. He pointed out that the Jumbo had a long history in Aberdeen Harbour and had been one of two main tourist draws for the area. He says the loss of the vessel is a huge disappointment and a blow to plans to attract people to the district. It should be losing an iconic figure forever. As a councillor in Southern District, there's two things we used to mention when people talk about the Southern District. It's the ocean part and the jumble. Half of them is already gone. And I seriously doubt that government, if they want to encourage the water tourism, what do they do without the jumble? The marine tourism they mentioned in the plan like two, one and a half years ago in the invigorating island south, I don't know what do they do, but they have to enhance something like the marine tourism. Now the weather, mainly cloudy tonight and tomorrow morning, becoming fine and very hot during the day. Temperatures currently 29 degrees, humidity 81%. You're tuned to RTHK, the time is 5 minutes past 11. Police watchdog says it's pleased that the force followed up on all of the 52 recommendations it made after the social unrest in 2019. In a meeting with the Independent Police Complaints Council, officers said they had rolled out 78 improvement measures, including extra guidelines on the use of tear gas. The council's chairperson is Priscilla Wong. The police have been doing a lot of field work, trying to explain to us what work they were undertaking, what improvements they were going to introduce. So, yes, we are pleased to see the feedback we have received. And all 52 suggestions have been addressed. Authorities have locked down the Fortuna Hotel in Macau amid a COVID outbreak there. About 700 people are believed to be inside. Here's Wendy Wong. Macau authorities say people inside the Fortuna Hotel will be required to do three PCR tests and four rapid antigen tests in the coming week. Footage obtained by local broadcaster TDM showed police officers in protective gear sealing off the premises to prevent people from entering or leaving. Fortuna is under SJM Holdings, the entity created by the late gaming tycoon Stanley Ho. The lockdown of the hotel followed two days of mass tests of all Macau residents. Health authorities say they've recorded 1,076 new local COVID infections along with 122 imported cases. No further deaths were reported. The government says the director of the chief executive's office, Eric Chan, has been sent into quarantine after his wife tested preliminary positive for COVID. Mr Chan, who's the incoming chief secretary, has been identified as a close contact. The incoming Secretary of Commerce and Economic Development, Algernon Yao, is also in quarantine after his friend caught the virus. The government said both Mr Chan and Mr Yao had tested negative in rapid antigen tests. LegCo President Andrew Leung has axed next Wednesday's meeting of the legislature in another apparent preparation for the visit of a state leader to mark 25 years of the Hong Kong SAR. Natalie Ching reports. The move to scrap next week's LegCo session was put down to the need to reduce the risks of COVID infections and to safeguard the smooth running of events to celebrate the anniversary of the handover on July the 1st. Lawmakers are among those invited to attend the official ceremony on Hong Kong SAR Establishment Day. A number of other local dignitaries have also been asked to observe anti-infection measures ahead of the celebration. Executive Councillor Ip Kwok Him is among them. The DAB stalwart says he has to enter a closed loop from Thursday and move to a quarantine hotel on the eve of the ceremony. 
Mr. Ip said the measures are more relaxed than he had expected, but believes they still meet the standard required for a state leader visit. Authorities have not confirmed whether any top central government official will come to Hong Kong on the 1st of July for the festivities. Although it's still not known whether President Xi Jinping will come to Hong Kong or not for the 25th anniversary of the founding of the SAR, People's Daily says it has always been in the state leader's heart. The organ of the Essential Committee of the Communist Party expressed confidence in Hong Kong's future and used the rapidly approaching celebrations to publish some of Mr Xi's past quotes on the city. Maggie Ho has the details. In the article, the People's Daily said President Xi knows Hong Kong like the back of his hand, having paid many visits over the years and making numerous speeches about his development. The newspaper said the state leader always cares about Hong Kong's prosperity and stability, as well as Hong Kong people's well-being. To that end, it quoted a speech Mr. Xi made on December the 31st, 2019, in which he wished Hong Kong and its people well. The article added that with the strong backing of the motherland, the central government and people on the mainland, as well as the experience and development garnered over the past 25 years and the hard work of the SAR government and people from all walks of life, one country, two systems will definitely enter a new chapter, and Hong Kong will surely achieve new glory. South Korea has conducted its first successful launch of a domestically produced space rocket. It's part of an ambitious plan to set up a South Korean satellite network, BBC's Michael Bristow reports. The rocket, called Nuri, was supposed to take off last week, but the operation was delayed because of a technical glitch. This time there was no problem, and shortly after takeoff, the rocket, which cost nearly $2 billion to develop, succeeded in deploying a test satellite. In a similar operation last October, an attempt to put a satellite into orbit failed. Eventually, South Korea hopes to establish a network of communication and spy satellites. North Korea first carried out its own successful satellite launch 10 years ago. Russia has threatened Lithuania with serious consequences over a ban on the transport of goods through the Baltic states to the Russian territory of Kaliningrad. The growing row follows Lithuania's decision to ban the transit of some goods to Kaliningrad. BBC's Steve Rosenberg reports. Russian officials are furious with Lithuania and with the EU over the ban on the transit of some Russian goods to Kaliningrad. They're likening it to a blockade. Today, one of Vladimir Putin's closest allies, Nikolai Patrushev, the hawkish head of Russia's Security Council, flew to Kaliningrad region. He called the transit ban a hostile act and promised that Russia would react to it in the nearest future in a way that would, he said, have a serious negative impact on the Lithuanian population. The governor of Luhansk in eastern Ukraine has described the situation on the front line as extremely tough as the Russians tighten their grip on the region. Sergei Haidai said Ukrainian-held territory was was under almost non-stop Russian fire. BBC's Joe Inwood is is following the Russian advance on the city of Severodonetsk. We understand they are really pushing Ukrainian forces back and back. Uh, They have taken most of the city now, and the Ukrainians have been pushed just into one factory. It's called the Azot Chemical Plant, uh, and that's where the last Ukrainian defenders are holding out, along with a number of civilians. Now, Sergei Hadai, the governor of the region that you mentioned before, has said that this fight is getting increasingly difficult and that the Russians are shelling heavily the only route into and out of the city of Severodonet. So the Russians closing the vice, as it were, on the last Ukrainian forces in this bit of territory. 
to sport now and cricket. Hong Kong have trounced Nepal in at the Asian Women's T20 Championship in Kuala Lumpur to reach the semi-finals. Having held their opponents to 109 for six, the SCR team lost just three wickets in racing to the winning total of, with 25 balls to spare. Mariko Hill scored 45 and was named play of the match. The win guarantees Hong Kong a top two finish in Group B. Nepal had topped the group with three wins from their three previous games. Two-time defending NHL champions Tampa Bay have bounced back after losing the first two games on the road in the Stanley Cup final series. Steven Stamkos, Pat Maroon and Andre Palat each had a goal and an assist as the Lightning scored four times in the second period to beat the Colorado Avalanche 6-2 in Game 3. Here's the moment that Stamkos put them 4-2 ahead after firing off a wrist shot in front of the net. Kucherov heads down low, but deflected out of the air. Turned into the corner by Kemper. Now centered. Stamkos scores! He was all alone right in front of the net. Game four will also be at the Emily Arena, where the Lightning have won a franchise record eight straight playoff games. More governing bodies appear likely to follow the lead of swimming in further restricting the participation of transgender athletes in women's competitions. FINA members backed the new regulation to bar any, any transgender athlete who's gone through any part of the process of male puberty from competing in top-level women's swimming events. The president of World Athletics, Sebastian Coe, says his organisation could adopt a similar policy. Performance is absolutely, you know, it's inextricably linked to the integrity of our sport. So maintaining the primacy and the integrity of female competition is absolutely vital. And that's why, you know, we were at the forefront uh, of tabling uh, those regulations that allow you know, as close as you can get to it, uh, a level playing field. Former women's world tennis number one, Serena Williams, is returning to competition shortly for the first time in a year. The 40-year-old American is playing in the Eastbourne International in the UK, ahead of Wimbledon next week, for which she's been given a wild card. BBC's Laura Scott reports. It's not often that a doubles match takes top billing, but on the south coast of England today, it will do. After all, it's been 358 days since Serena Williams last played a competitive tennis match and fans around the world are eager to see how the 23-time Grand Slam champion fares on the grass as she prepares for Wimbledon. In her first match since retiring in the first round last year, after slipping on centre court, Williams will partner Tunisia's on Jabir in the women's doubles. Jabir said, I hope it's not going to make me too nervous standing next to her. And a reminder of our top story tonight. New Terraces West hit by a massive power outage after a fire breaks out at a Yunlong power facility. The news from RTHK.
Love the harmonies in that. A more recent version was put out by Lenny Kravitz, if I remember correctly. But there we heard Linda Ronstadt's Ooh, Baby, Baby. How are you doing on this Tuesday night? Dying Embers, a brand new day, just a few minutes around the corner here on 3 as we bring you Banful Trio. Long ago and far away Do I miss you? I can't say Far away and long ago do I miss you? I don't know Ooh, I loved it there and then But would it be like that again? Doo-ra-loo-ra-loo-ra-loo Is it old and is it new? Doo-ra-loo-ra-loo-ra-loo Is it old and is it new? Long ago and far away Do I miss you? I can't say I remember your green eyes And I won't forget your smile Still I don't know what 